0: is Jeff Radcliffe and it is Monday, July 26th. By the end of this week, everybody, everybody will be in training camp. Uh, and we're already getting a bunch of news out of camp. Uh, the biggest stories here, Deshaun Watson uh, did report and as of now is not on the commissioner's exempt list, so he could be traded before the start of the season. Obviously, we're still in wait and see mode on Aaron Rodgers. But we'll dive into that later in the week. Today, wide receiver tiers, we had to adjust things from the article that I had up over at ftnfantasy.com because of the news with Michael Thomas. But we'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, Before I dive into the tiers themselves, the general strategy at wide receiver is, well, there's value up and down the board. So I do think that you could be in a situation where you're attacking the position in the second round, the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round. And really loading up, there is certainly a pathway to rostering four top 20 guys on on your squad because of how people are attacking running back early. I was actually in a draft last night where I did have this opportunity and, and really ultimately was pretty happy with how things turned out for me. Of course, I should note that the board did give me the opportunity to go essentially wide receiver in the second, third, fourth, and fifth rounds. Uh so you know that's how I attacked it. I don't think that is the only strategy by any means this year. And as I just noted, you really have to take what the board gives you. If it gives you that pathway, then you know, don't be don't be bashful, don't be skirt. You can go after it. Now you are punting your second running back spot if you go that that route, but there's a lot of opportunity at running back in the sixth, seventh, eighth rounds to get some uh, you know, some bang for your buck at that point. So anyway, the elite tier for me, and these guys may be available in the second round. Uh, Certainly one of them was for me. I was in the 10 hole, uh, and I was able to get Stephon Diggs. Now, Tyreek Hill is the other guy, and I actually have Hill ahead of Diggs, but they are the elite two for me this year. We know that Hill's ceiling is enormous. He has the highest fantasy ceiling of any player out there, and then Diggs coming off a massive season last year. Now, you'll note, I don't have Devontae Adams in this tier. He would be in this tier if we had clarity, but as of right now, we still don't have that clarity on Aaron Rodgers, so he's in a tier by himself. If Adams does not have Rodgers, he is a back-end wide receiver, one, with a lot of volatility. He can still be pretty solid with Jordan Love. We saw him do it with Brett Hundley, but it, it takes a majority of the wind out of his sails so if Rodgers is in camp and Rodgers is good to go, Adams is back to number one for me. If Rodgers is not, he slides He slides back. Uh, next here for me, I subdivide into two groups, 3A, 3B. 3A is wide receiver ones with high floors, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson. Now, let's be clear. They all obviously also have high ceilings, but their floor's the baked-in floor for them uh, will help you avoid some volatility uh, with these guys. Now, of course, there is a little bit of volatility with DeAndre Hopkins because uh, he his stance on the vaccine. You know, he is he's sort of kind of vaguely on Twitter threatened to retire. He pulled that that tweet down, but it is something we at least need to monitor here. The nice thing is, you know, we will have we'll have a lot of clarity by the time fantasy drafts roll, in, roll around in about a month from now. Uh, the other group, wide receiver ones with high ceilings, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, and Amari Cooper. Now, this group, again, high ceilings with these guys, but more volatility for a variety of reasons, and I did throw Amari Cooper in there. I have him ahead of CeeDee Lamb. I know some people have it the other way around, but Cooper is still the number one. He is banged up. He's on the pup list heading, you know, with camp opening up here for the Cowboys. But remember, with the pup list in the preseason, you can come off of it at any time. So it's not like the regular season pup. Uh, Then my next tier, so I I did subdivide four as well, 4A and 4B. 4A is your your risk reward wide receiver twos. So Mike Evans, CeeDee Lamb, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Kenny Galladay, Brandon Ayuk, and Jamar Chase. This group, uh, certainly a lot more volatility, but any of these guys could finish his top 12 options. Would not surprise me in the least. You do have some interesting sort of committee situations for some of them. Mike Evans, uh, you know, is, is, he, is he that much ahead of Chris Godwin in the target pecking order? No, and maybe sometimes he isn't ahead of him. CeeDee Lamb, same thing with Amari Cooper, can DJ Moore be good in September? Uh, he has yet to do that in his career. Johnson figures to see a lot of targets, but low ADOT targets. Galladay, can he stay healthy? What about Daniel Jones? Brandon Ayuk is in a bit of a timeshare as well with Debo Samuel, and then Jamar Chase timeshare with T. Higgins and, uh, and Boyd as well. Uh, the second group here is wide receiver twos with high floors. We've got Bobby Woods, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, and Adam feeling. Not the sexiest here, but honestly, I, I think Robert Woods is really appealing. He continues to 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 hang around on the board maybe a little bit too long. But any of these guys, they come in with the that nice high weekly floor. Probably a, a, a bunch of them, if not all of them, will be solid values on draft day. You're not gonna get, hey, nice pick, bro, with any of them, but uh, you know, you will get some value here. Uh, Tier five, I did subdivide into two groups as well. Upside City and no Upside City. So here's your upside, guys. T. Higgins, Tyler Lockett, Chase Claypool, D.G. Chark, Cortland Sutton, Odell Beckham, Curtis Samuel, Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel, Robbie Anderson, Will Fuller, and Michael Thomas. With this group, there is lots of upside, but there is also plenty of volatility. But these are the guys who I would want to go after in the middle rounds. Now, Thomas is here, Uh, he looks like he's going to miss September. Maybe the worst case scenario is late October is when he'd return. So you're drafting him knowing you're not going to have him in the beginning of the season. And maybe you can stash him on an IR spot. But if not, you're eating up a bench spot with Michael Thomas. So a little bit of volatility, obviously there. Uh, Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And then after the break, I'll break down the no upside guys. And then tier 6A is opportunity knocks. That's right after the break. So one of the themes we've had here in the tiers podcast is that tiers give us context because players may be ranked in similar ranges, but may be very different types of players. And tier 5A and 5B really show that. So you have upside guys, and then you have guys without upside. I want to draft for upside all day long, all day, every day. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to completely avoid guys who lack upside, but they're going to have to be at a pretty good value for me to consider them. So I have five guys in this range, and this is as you're, you know, you're spilling into the middle rounds at this point. But five guys without upside: Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, Antonio Brown, Jarvis Landry. And before you, you know, say anything about Brandon Cooks, the reason why he doesn't have upside is because I don't expect a lot of passing in this offense with Terod Taylor under center. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Watson is there, but he's not going to play for this team. And we now know the asking price: three first-round picks and potentially some players is uh, what the Texans are looking to get uh, in exchange for Watson. So, anyway, no upside there uh, with these guys. So they, I, I'd need to get them at a good value, or else I'm not going to go after them. So six uh, A is what I'm calling opportunity knocks. You have a lot of guys in this tier who are in a position, either right out of the gate as rookies, to to hit the ground running. Or as players who can take a step forward, you know, younger guys who can take a step forward. So here's the list. Devontae Smith, LaVisca Chenault, Jalen Waddell, Michael Pittman, Traquan Smith, Darnell Mooney, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rager, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Paris Campbell. There's volatility with every single one of these guys. There's no doubt about it. But this is a really appealing group to target. Again, you know, now, so we're about... 40 wide receivers deep at this point in the in and around that range but we're still going after massive ceilings at this point. So any one of these guys can be wide receiver 3s or better. I do like targeting in this range. Now, Traquan Smith is the one name in there uh who probably needs a little bit more description uh just given the situation. It does look like as of now he's going to open the season as the number one receiver or wide receiver, I should say. I don't know if he'll be the number one target could be Adam Troutman, obviously Alvin Kamara as well. But Smith at least out of the gate has the opportunity to be that number one wideout. Now, of course, we could see all of those targets go away once Michael Thomas returns, so that is something you have to take on board with Smith. He may look a lot like a lot better of a fantasy option early in the season than he will end up being once Smith get once uh, Thomas gets back, that is. Uh 6B for me, some targets that I'm going after in the late rounds. And then 6C is a uh, late round avoids. Now, obviously, I'm prioritizing the opportunity knocks guys. But the late round targets, Michael Gallup, Corey Davis, Mike Williams, Devontae Parker, Marquise Brown, Marvin Jones. These are all uh, ceiling plays, basically. Gallup, he is the number three receiver there, but it is a souped-up offense and he has a high ceiling. Davis could be the number one guy for the Jets. Mike Williams, can he get on the same page with Justin Herbert? High ceiling there. Parker, maybe not as high of a ceiling from a yardage standpoint, but he does have definite touchdown potential in that offense. Marquise Brown, obviously we know the high ceiling there. and Marvin Jones, touchdown potential as well. I would much rather go after these guys Then the guys in 6C, so I'm calling them late-round avoids. I don't really have a must-avoid player or anything like that. I don't believe in that philosophy. Instead, what I want to do is I don't want to reach for any player. I want to draft players at appropriate values based on my board, and that means that there are some guys who are going to be lower on my board who I'm not going to go after, or there are going to be guys who don't offer high ceilings in the late rounds who I'm just not going to consider, and that's this group. I don't want to go after this group. Nelson Aguilar, Cole Beasley, T.Y. Hilton, Russell Gage, McCole Hardman, Christian Kirk, Sterling Shepard, John Brown, Brashad Perryman, Emmanuel Sanders, Jameson Crowder. The one name who may stand out to you there, why I don't have him as a target, is McCole Hardman. Now, I have talked about this many times before, but here's my take on Hardman. Hardman is as athletic as they come, one of the fastest guys on any football field he ever steps on, of course. But he came into the league very green, and I don't think he has quite rounded into form just yet as a true NFL wide receiver. Last year, when given the opportunity to put him on the field when Sammy Watkins was hurt, the team instead, Andy Reid instead, went with DeMarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle ahead of McCall Hardman. Hardman's role as a gadget guy, really didn't change despite the opportunity. So, I still have a question as to whether or not he's going to get that opportunity this year. Now, he does have major boomer bust potential, but he's not a guy who I'm going to be targeting in the late rounds this year. I'm just not going to go after him. I could see possibly, you know, monitoring things in terms of like Byron Pringle. In fact, I do have a watch list here that I'm going to get to in a minute. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to draft Hardman. I, I want to see how things unfold for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So really, it's very top heavy there anyway with Hill and and obviously Travis Kelsey as the target monsters in that offense. Uh, if you're gonna throw a last round dart at wide receiver, which is something I typically don't do uh, because I'm drafting a defense and a kicker in the last rounds in in leagues where you have that. But if you do want a last round dart. Denzel Mims, Gabriel Davis, Alan Lazard. These guys are all there. Lazard could move up too, by the way, given Aaron Rodgers status. But Gabriel Davis is really interesting. I know a lot of people are looking at Emmanuel Sanders, but as I said, he's in a void for me. I don't know, you know, he doesn't offer much upside. Yes, the offense is very appealing, but he doesn't offer much upside. Whereas Davis does. Bigger body guy, can get downfield, make plays. That's really valuable in that offense. So I would rather go after somebody like him or Mims, who both, both those guys have very high ceilings, than you know, any of the guys I just previously mentioned in terms of uh, the avoids. Now, my last tier is a watch list. These are guys who I'm going to keep an eye on. I'm not drafting them. I don't think you, you should draft them in most leagues, most regular size leagues. Deeper leagues, sure, maybe you draft these guys. But regardless, here's the list for you. Terrace Marshall, Brian Edwards, KJ Hamler, Amon Ross St. Brown, Kadarius Tony, Amari Rogers, Dwayne Eskridge, Diami Brown, and Byron Pringle, the aforementioned. Uh, you have a bunch of rookies here Marshall, St. Brown, Tony, Rogers, Eskridge. All these guys could get on the field and play, you know, see significant reps very early on, right out of the gate in, in some instances here. But we don't quite know what to expect or where they'll be in the target pecking order. So I don't want to go after those guys, but I do want to keep an eye on them. Remember, you know, every year this happens in September, we'll see signs that a player is going to have a large role. And if we do, we want to pounce immediately on the waiver wire. So keeping an eye on those guys. Brian Edwards will be a starter for the Raiders. And I love Brian Edwards. KJ Hamler, if he could stay healthy, should be on the field in three wide receiver sets for Denver. Uh, Pringle, as I just mentioned, we're going to keep an eye on him because maybe he has a big role in that offense. You know, if you're the number two wideout, you're still like the number three or possibly even the number four target, depending on how much they use the running backs. But regardless, you're the number three or number four target for Patrick Mahomes. That's pretty pretty valuable. So if it ends up being Pringle, then obviously he's going to have some fantasy value. We just don't know at this point. It does seem like at least to open up camp, it'll be Hardman getting that opportunity, I just don't know if he's going to be able to seize it. So generally speaking, there it is: value up and down the board at wide receiver. Attack it early, attack it often. Don't forget about attacking it late. And every time you attack the position, shoot for the highest possible ceiling you can. Uh, that's my strategy at wide receiver. All right, tomorrow we're going to round things out here with tight ends. I'll tell you where Adam Troutman ends up. Moving up, baby. Moving on up. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of this podcast. And of course, head on over to FTNFantasy.com to check out all of my content my draft guide, my draft board, my rankings, my projections, all of it over there. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Rackliffe, and I'm out.